0: Problems present themselves through conflict, miscommunication, creative differences, unclear expectations, and motivational issues. ARC Integrated is here to address these challenges through executive coaching and customized interactive trainings. Create lasting positive change that will improve your bottom line and create a culture that attracts talent and reduces turnover by going to arcintegrated.com. That's arcintegrated.com. What if investing in each other could change the world? I'm Joel Skeen with bizradio.us, and this is the Mindful Marketplace. What a beautiful, rainy day we are having here in Western North Carolina. I have come to be grateful for rain. When I was a kid, not so much. I loved playing outside, being in nature, Um, but uh, I have learned to become very grateful for these rainy days. And it reminds me a little bit of a quote from Lao Tzu in the Tao Te Ching, where he says, express yourself completely, then keep quiet. Be like the forces of nature. When it blows, there is only wind. When it rains, there is only rain. When the clouds pass, the sun shines through. And so very grateful for this rainy day that I get to spend here with you guys. We're going to do something a little different, a little special today. I'm going to take some time to really reflect on the end of this first year of the Mindful Marketplace. We at Biz Radio uh, usually like to take a sabbatical here in July, um, and I'm very grateful for Biz Radio too. I should say, you know, all entrepreneurs all the time, and an independent business-focused radio station based in my hometown of Asheville, North Carolina. I'm really grateful to get to partner with Matt Matan, uh, with Aaron, our producer here as well as the rest of the cohort and crew. I really encourage you to go listen to some of the other hosts on this station if The Mindful Marketplace is your introduction to Biz Radio, because we have a lot of incredible hosts who are doing incredible work. Um, Quick overview and kind of reminder, in case this is your first episode with us, The Mindful Marketplace is the show where we really point in a direction. You know, A Mindful Marketplace to me is not... um, a destination. It is a direction, and I think the best way it can be described is by understanding. Okay, so what's the difference of mindful? I think a lot of times when people hear the word mindful, their mind immediately jumps to things like you know yoga classes or um, you know meditation. And while I think those things are great and they have actually helped me out a lot in my personal growth journey, that's not really what I'm talking about here when I use that word mindful. I think the opposite of the word mindful. Is mindless. And I think for a lot of us, when we look around our country, when we look around our monopolized economy, we look around the way things are headed and the way that things are, it seems like there's a fair amount of mindlessness out there. And so this show is all about pointing us in the direction of how can we create a world, an economy, and a business community, first locally and then maybe nationally. That is mindful, that is focused on creating a world where profit is not the only thing that is considered, but that the well-being of the human beings and of the earth that we live on is also an important value and goal of our businesses, of our investments, of our spending money. We like to say here on this show that your dollar is your vote. Every time you buy something and every time you invest something, every time you spend your money, you are casting a vote for the type of future that you would like to see. I remember hearing Jim Wallace say once that budgets are moral documents. And I think that's true for us as a household. I think that's true for us as business owners. And I think that's also true for us as investors. And it's important for us to take a really hard look at that sometimes and make sure that the money that we're spending, the money that we are investing, lines up with our values and is going to create the kind of world that we actually want to see. A little background on me I actually started my career in nonprofits. I studied community development in college. I then went on and served in the Peace Corps. And when I returned, I worked for um, several nonprofits in the Metro Detroit area. I first served as a case manager for the chronically homeless. I then ran a food bank and worked in a housing program. And lastly, I worked at an urban farming healthy food access nonprofit, which was really my first introduction to business in my role as social enterprise manager. And we'll get into a little bit about what social enterprise means. But when I left nonprofits and moved into the business world, I really had a big heart for wanting to make a positive impact in my community, but I was also out there just trying to cut my teeth, just trying to learn a whole new world of things that I had never interacted with before. And so I fumbled around and failed a lot and <laughs> didn't make much money for a while and um, you know really truly struggled, but I always kept the vision of not only learning business and being able to learn how to create a profit, how to have a good business but also in how to make a bigger impact in my community with that business in the future. And you know we do that now through helping families in my financial services agency first eliminate their debt because I do think that debt is one of the biggest roadblocks, the biggest um, villains, I guess, <laughs> against a mindful marketplace that we have. And so our agency focuses on helping people eliminate that debt um, so that they can live a debt-free life and start putting their money towards their present and their future rather than to just their past. So I'm going to take our time here together today to talk about a little bit of a review of this past year, as well as moving forward, what I am looking forward to in the coming year for this show. We've had on some incredible guests, and they've all fit into a few different buckets, but they're all using their business, their position, and their capital or their investment money to be able to help create this more mindful marketplace. And so this show was really just about lifting up those voices, allowing people to share their stories and hopefully learn something from them so that we can do the same thing. So the first bucket of of guests that we've had on are social enterprises. I know I mentioned this earlier, but social enterprise is all about using business for a social cause. So sometimes that means a business uses a portion of their profits to support a nonprofit. That's a very simple way of doing it. Other times, a business may have built in to their business a way that helps create and sustain a community in a positive way. So these are businesses that are mission-driven not just to solve a market problem, but really to solve a social and a societal problem. We've had on some great guests that are social enterprise, uh, social entrepreneurs, um, Sarah Stender Delaney from Cirilla tea, and they are absolutely blowing up. Um, check out that episode, check out all these episodes really. Also, I want to mention Gwendolyn Hagerman from dairy, vegan cheese. She's doing awesome work, not only in sustainability of her products, but really also in her governance of her employees and how she treats her people and her community. Also, Jordan and Tyson Tomberlin from All Dogs Printing and Kendall Kulp from Wagbar, both using the profit a portion of every sale to support nonprofits that align with their values and with what their business does, as well as Amy Sigler, who is helping disabled folks access the kind of healthcare that they need rather than having to wait years for it. Uh, Bruce Waller, who is just an incredible guy, he's been on the show twice, I recommend you listen to both of those episodes, but he is not only the co-founder of Grind Coffee, which is the only black-owned coffee shop in Western North Carolina, but he is also the founder of Grind Fest, which is a festival dedicated to promoting and helping um, increase awareness and sales for the other Black-owned businesses here in Western North Carolina, as well as the director of Black Wall Street, which is designed to give Black entrepreneurs in our community the resources, the um, direction, the, uh, and everything else that you need when you're starting a business to the BIPOC entrepreneurs in our community. Um, also, we talked with Gilly Roberts, who is the owner of Ware Asheville, who's really focused on creating not only sustainable household products, but also on creating systems and encouraging people to use less waste in their day-to-day life. That leads me into my next kind of bucket of um, of guests that we've had who are really focused on sustainability. Gilly does a nice job of kind of doing both of these things as a social entrepreneur. But when we look at sustainability... You know, I talked to Mike Figuera from Mosaic Realty about how they are using um, his background in sustainability and urban planning in their real estate transactions and development. We also talked to Simcha Weinstein from Mother Earth Foods, who is a really cool company. They're basically a farmer's market on wheels, they will deliver fresh local food to your doorstep. We also talked with Jamie Ager who is the owner of Hickory Nut Gap Farms, who uses his education and his lifetime of experience in sustainable agriculture to deliver um, local, fresh, and ethically produced food right to us. Uh, Also talked with um, Robertson Work, an author, about about the donut economy, which I don't have time to go into, but it's really fascinating, and about the books that he's written on creating a more sustainable future. Um, for us all. And that also gets me into a couple of folks who were teaching us about not only how to you know do sustainable business but how to do sustainable investing. And if you're interested in that, I'd go back and listen to the episodes I did with Peter Kroll, who is the um, owner and um, chief director at Earth Equity Advisors as well as the episode I did with Julie Wyrick, who is also a chartered sustainable investment counselor they work with their clients either on the business side on how to have better environmental sustainability and government guidelines but also to investors on how they can actually invest their money on not just a you know a random company in Wall Street that may or may not align with your values but how we can actually invest our money sustainably into companies That meet ethical guidelines around not just sustainability, but also their governance and their impact on the communities that they live in. Um, That also gets me, you know, we're talking about governance and leadership. I've had on some really incredible guests who are leaders at companies who are coaches that are focused not only on helping businesses or helping their own business become profitable, but who are really focused on creating cultures that are supportive of everyone involved, that are more democratic, and that are focused on the people, not just the profit. For those episodes, please go back and listen to the one I did with Michael Dietrich Chastain, CEO of Arc Integrated. Drew McClure, who is the CEO of People Profit, as well as Meredith Ellison and Whitney Zay from Quillity Insurance, located here in Buncombe County, about how they're creating a culture that is about women in leadership, about mindfulness, and about empowerment of their people. Um, last bucket of uh, guests that we've had on here that I really, you know, really is where my heart and soul lies is in localism. You know, I think a lot of us know and learned, especially that it's it's good to spend your money locally rather than at a multinational corporation. When you do spend your money at a local business rather than at a large chain business, you're keeping more money in your local community, you're keeping more jobs in your local community, and the cycle of that money stays local rather than being extracted from your community and being sent back up to a company whose headquarters is maybe you know somewhere else or who keeps all of their profits in some offshore account. <laughs> I personally would much rather have my dollar go to support my neighbor than to support a multinational corporation. And we've had on some people who really help explain that. You know, I mentioned Jamie Ager earlier, but also we talked to Sherry Lucas from the Go Local campaign here in Asheville about how they're supporting the local business community and helping people to shop local through their Go Local card. But we also talked to some folks who are not only helping people spend locally but also individuals who are helping their clients invest locally. So we talked to Angela Barbash from Revalue Investments. She's one of the few dozen um, advisors, financial advisors in the entire country who helps her clients invest their money in their local communities rather than just up in Wall Street. And while this is a growing field, she's really a pioneer for it. I would definitely go back and listen to that episode if you're at all interested in the idea of local investing. And if you're interested in some really practical ways, if you are in Western, if you're in North Carolina at all, I highly recommend you listen to the episode with Tara Brown from Self-Help Credit Union about how they have funds designed to give you a rate of return on your money, yes, but also to create a social impact within your community. So we talk about community banking. We talk about local investing with Angela and Tara. And we also touched on it with Matt Raker, the head of um, Mountain BizWorks. That's kind of another bucket here are organizations that are really supporting that local business community. So Mountain BizWorks is here in Western North Carolina, and we talked to Matt Raker about how they are um, investing, coaching, and advising startup businesses from marginalized communities. You know, com- from communities who maybe don't have friends and family that have the resources to invest in their business, or who have some other barrier to accessing capital and business help. So Mountain BizWorks does that. We also talked with. Um, Jeffrey Kaplan from Venture Asheville about the kind of investments that Venture Asheville is making into our local startup and local business community and the impact that that's having, as well as two of the directors, uh, Amy and Barry from NC Idea, who are a um, statewide funding agency that funds a lot of startup business development throughout the state that's designed to impact specifically those same communities who usually have trouble accessing that kind of capital, those kind of um, coaching and mentorship and those business resources. Um, we also talked with Sean and Erica from um, Hatchworks about how they are doing the same thing with their co-working space here in Asheville and with the events that they throw on to help build a better and stronger local business community. Um, so that's kind of you know kind of a recap of this past year and where we've been. Um, where are we going? <laughs> I don't know exactly, honestly. I'm, I, I'm sort of uh, you know this is a, a process of discovery here, but I do know that this idea of shifting capital from our biggest banks and from the um, biggest in institutional investors on Wall Street towards a more localized economy is something that I feel particularly passionate about. It started for me back in high school when a friend of mine lent me a copy of his book called Small is Beautiful. And it talked about the kind of economy that we can have when things remain more local and when when we are able to invest in a more direct one-to-one way rather than having to have everything run through giant financial institutions, which you know I can tell you from being in that industry for nine, 10 years, a lot of those systems are set up simply to siphon money off of the investments that we make. Um, and we really can cut out a lot of those middlemen. There are barriers to doing it, but that's in a direction that I want to continue to push our show is to talk about how we can have a more local investment economy, and the reason I feel so passionately about this, I recently read a book called um, "Put Your Money Where Your Life Is" by Michael Schuman. I actually did an episode a while back called "The um, Your Dollar Is Your Vote: The Ten Strategies for Local Investing," where you know he stated a statistic that really kind of blew my mind. He said that if we could shift sixty percent of retirement savings. So we're not talking about big uh, wealthy investors. We're not talking about big institutional investors. We're just talking about your average family that is putting away money every month to save for their retirement. And they're doing it through, you know, maybe a mutual fund or a stock indexed. If we could take 60% of those monthly contributions that people are making for their retirement and shift them from wall street to local investments that would mean for a city the size of Asheville, which is just under 100,000, it would mean an investment and a shift of capital of 10 billion dollars. I'm going to say that again. If if our city could shift 60% of our retirement savings to the local economy rather than to Wall Street, that would invest 10 billion dollars into our local community i cannot think of a government program or a funding agency that could have that massive of an impact and so Moving forward, we're going to be talking to more advisors that are helping people invest their money locally. We're going to be talking to more people who have invested their money locally and what their experience was. We're going to talk to the we're going to continue to talk, I should say, to the agencies that are helping to develop these local business communities because that creates a more resilient economy for us. It allows us to weather the storms and the up and downs of the Wall Street market so much easier if we are not reliant on them. And it really helps us all as a business and just as a community in general, be more resilient, be more connected, and have a sense of community around our daily spending and our daily investing. So we're going to continue to have on guests like that. But I also wanted to let you guys know a little bit about a, um, a little monologue introduction that I'm going to start doing again. I did for a little while last year. But I've decided to bring it back, and it's what I've called the balance sheet. So quickly, at the beginning of every episode of this next year, I'm going to quickly go over what I call our balance sheet, which is our assets as a community, our liabilities, our debts, and our investments. So for assets, I want to kind of break down what each of these things is. But for assets, first of all, the guests that we have on are huge assets. I think Biz Radio is a huge asset but I also think that companies that have um, ownership models that are more democratic and inclusive are assets. Um, Companies that have incredible governance that are treating their people in a more democratic and sustainable way. Anyone who's moving us in this direction of a more mindful marketplace, I view to be an asset and I want to highlight them even more. So now liabilities, what are our liabilities for the mindful marketplace? Well, to me, you know, it really comes down to things around the issue of monopolization. I recently read a book by Matt Stoller where he lays out the history of monopolization in America and also breaks down just how incredibly monopolized all different pieces of our supply chain and economy actually are. And it's pretty startling when you see. So on liabilities, I'm going to talk about the things that I see that are moving us away from the mindful marketplace Um, with a more monopolized economy, anything that I see that's moving us in the direction of a higher concentration of power away from a more democratic um, ideal that we have, and anything that's happening that's moving us more in the direction of domination by these large institutional investors, by Wall Street, and by the big banks. I'm also going to talk about debts. Um, if you're interested in debt, I actually I recommend you go back and listen to my episode with Mike Resma about the problem of debt and an upcoming one with Amanda Claypool, where we're going to talk about the history of debt. Obviously, my agency focuses on helping people eliminate debt. And so debt is an incredibly important um, issue for me, and I think it's an incredibly important piece of moving us in the direction of Mindful Marketplace. So we'll be reporting on the debts that we see happening as well as the investments, which is my last section of the balance sheet, where we will highlight things happening both in and outside of our community, in the world of sustainable investing, community investing, and impact investing groups. So I hope that this was a helpful recap for you looking forward into the next year. um, And I am very grateful to have you as a listener. I don't take it lightly that you use your time to spend with me um, here on Biz Radio at the Mindful Marketplace. So until next time, please take care of yourself and take care of someone else. And always make sure to go back and listen to the other hosts on bizradio.us and subscribe to us on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, wherever it is that you get your podcasts week in and week out.